Carolee Fontanelli enrolled in law school in her late 20s, and then when she graduated, she set up her own law firm. Her first hire was a principal solicitor to supervise her, and she brought in plenty of work for them both. How cool is that? Today, she owns and runs her own successful family law firm and owns and runs the Scalable Business Lounge, where she helps other law firm owners scale without burnout, sharing many of the lessons she has learned the hard way. How she got here is fascinating. Carly dropped out of high school when she was 16 and got married and had babies young. She spent the first part of her 20s dedicated to family life and supporting her husband's business. She admits that back then she left the finances to her husband and did not take any responsibility for her career. However, receiving the raw end of the divorce settlement was a harsh wake-up call, so she enrolled in law school and turned her life around. This honest conversation with Carly is a pep talk on getting your shit together, taking responsibility for your finances and career, and reassures us that it is never too late to start. I hope you enjoy this honest conversation and it helps open your eyes to the limitless possibilities as to where your legal career may take you. Carly, welcome to Rose Tinted Law. I'm super excited to have you here. The reason why I first heard your name was that someone told me that you had a very interesting start to the law as your maybe second or third career. So why did you study law? Uh, thank you first for having me on the podcast. I studied law because I had I was 28 and I'd gone through a divorce myself. And between being 20 and 28, so the time that I was married, I'd had a couple of kids and I was at the time working in my husband's business. And when we went through the separation, I was really one of these wives who didn't know much about the finances, was sort of kept in the dark and truthfully hadn't stepped up and taken responsibility for any of that part of my life. And so when we went through the separation and divorce, I ended up with a bit of a raw end of the deal because I just really didn't, I was disempowered financially, didn't have the backing or knowledge to know what to do next and just signed consent orders that were shoved at me, basically. And I see so many clients that do this now because it's hard and you don't know what to do and you don't know who to trust and you don't like the conflict. So that's what people do. But after a year or so, I sort of stood back and thought, wow, he'd got to keep his career and he'd got to keep the businesses that we'd built together. And it just really didn't seem very fair. Ultimately, I then realized that it was my responsibility to take care of a career for myself, which I hadn't done. I'd had kids early and relied on someone else financially. And even though I'd been helping and working in the business, but I had no control of my life. So I thought I needed to step up. And in the meantime, I met another guy, as you do, and I started working in his business. So I had created my own business at that point, which was a marketing business. And I started then working for him, doing marketing for his law firm. And then it kind of became, well, you might as well just work in the law firm rather than working in your own marketing business, which I started to do. And within like a month or so, I was like, oh my God, Carly, you are crazy. You're doing exactly what you did previously. And you're going to end up in the same situation, which is that you support a bloke's business and you bring all your magic and skill set to their business. And then you end up on the raw end of the stick with nothing. 
from there, I decided I woke up one day and I just went, this is just crazy. You should have learned your lesson. And now you're doing exactly the same thing again. How about you go to law school? And I finished school when I was 16. So always had a bit of a chip on my shoulder that I wasn't smart enough or didn't have what it took to go to university. And it definitely wasn't something that was in my future to go to uni as a child or as a young adult. And so for me to make that decision and truthfully as well, I had a lot of changes in my career, like done a new job every six months and tried to start lots of different businesses. I'm the domain queen. I have lots of domain names (laughs) and I'd done a lot of things. And so it was kind of like, oh yeah, right. She's not likely to stick at uni. It was kind of that sort of attitude from people around me. And so I kind of had enough of a chip on my shoulder, I suppose, to just make it happen and just go for it. And so I just literally woke up one day and went, if you want me working in your practice, I'm going to have to be a lawyer. And I made an application to a couple of law schools and got into QT in Brisbane and just went for it. So that's sort of how I got to uni. And then during that period of time, I was working in the law firm doing marketing and helping out and things were disastrous in the law firm. So it was a solo practice. He was a solo practitioner. He would take any work on that he possibly could. So dibble dabble and all sorts of stuff. There was mystery piles of paperwork everywhere, including like wills and transferred documents and all sorts of things like that would just make you spin And the other thing that was just out of control was that nothing was paid for. So we would come to work and the power would be off or we would, it was like (laughs) crazy, crazy. And then it would be things like, oh my God, we've got no money to pay wages. Let's bill these people or let's get these things cost assessed to do the billing so we can afford wages. So it was just crazy. And I'm in this business and now I'm married to this guy and I realize that everything's really out of control. And when it's not your business and you're not in the driver's seat, you can tell people, like can direct people and you can say, how about we do it this way? Or how about I help you with accounts? Or let's get the accountant in to talk about how we can run the business better. Or how about we do this strategy to get more money in the door or more work in the door. But if someone's in the driver's seat because it's their business and they're not prepared to do those things, then there's nothing you can do about it. And that's where I sort of found myself. As I was getting towards the end of uni, I sort of started saying things like, I'm not working in this business and bringing in my billables. Because of course, as a partner of the law firm owner, as in the wife of the law firm owner, I'm not getting a salary or anything like that for the work that I'm doing. And so I really started sort of saying, this is just out of control and I can't be part of this business anymore. And as it sort of turned out, when I graduated, even maybe just before I graduated uni, he decided to take another role somewhere else and basically leave the firm. And so he took a role somewhere else. What a guy. And left the firm <laughs> because he knew, like, I was keen, obviously, to take it over. But the problem was, and, like, had I done things differently or thought about things or had the knowledge I have now, we might have shut it down or something else. But it was before things were incorporated. And so all of the debt, which was around $460,000, was in his name individual name very little of it was in the incorporated name which had only just happened because it was 2012 I was married to him and it was our family and you know that sort of stuff so I just worked away at getting as much work in the door and as soon as he was out of the business it was just like had no interest in it took his hand off the steering wheel had a new focus somewhere else 
and I could really start implementing and doing the things that I wanted to do to get this thing up and running well and out of the bad situation that it was, which essentially was insolvent, which you can't run a practice like that or any business like that. And yeah, I just started focusing on paying off the squeakiest wheels first. And I would try and get everything in payment plans. Um, And if people refused to get me in a payment plan, I'd just start paying like monthly because I couldn't afford. So I couldn't (laughs) afford to pay a whole debt at once. There were tons of them. So I would just start paying monthly and then eventually everything was paid off. Wow. And then I had a practice and in my head, and by the way, we're not married anymore. So that's what happened there. But in my head, I was like, to not be resentful of this situation, I was sort of like, well, if I had bought a business, then that would have cost me money and I would have had to have paid that down anyway. So the business at that point was turning over about 30000 a month and that was mostly conveyancing and a bit of leasing and a bit of family law and a bit of this and a bit of that. And and yeah. What incredible That's story. the story. <laughs> I love that. What do you do now? Because now it makes a lot more sense what you do now and how you got there. What I do now is I run a law firm that specializes in family law only. I have been and lots of lawyers will have been in practices where they're like, that's how I'm not going to do it. Like this is a perfect example of how not to run a law firm or not to be a leader or not to be whatever it is. So I learned a lot on what you don't do to run a law firm. By that point, when I took it over for myself, which was like, as in he wasn't in there since 2012, but I obviously couldn't become the principal until I was out of my two years, I employed a family lawyer to supervise me. So when you were a graduate? When I was a graduate. So my first employee was a senior family lawyer and I just worked at getting work in the door. I worked at making sure both of us had full file loads. And then from there, I just grew more and more lawyers and started scaling the business. I paid down all the debt. And so where we are now, which is really 10 years later, is that I have a law firm with 14 employees. My next big goal is that we turn over $3 million a year and help 250 clients a year. So that's where we're at now. And so I sort of manage the team more so than anything else or manage the business side of things. And then I've also started Scalable Business Lounge, which helps other law firm owners because I know what it's like to feel stuck, to do it on your own, to not have a phone, a friend, and just to kind of work through all of these things. And I know how to get a business from, well, where that one was, which was in a bad state. And hopefully most people don't have to start off there, but I know how to get it from there to where it is now and how to get the law firm owner to a place that the business isn't reliant on them all the time. Because the pressure of having all of your clients reliant on you, all of your team reliant on you, the business part, if you're not there, that's not a good place to be as a law firm owner. You need to be in a place where you've got enough automation and systems and so that you're not putting out fires all the time and that you're enjoying your life a whole lot more and can go on holiday and not work 80 hours a week, but work 40 or less hours a week. So that's what I teach people how to do in the Scalable Business Lounge. Fascinating. Would you say that you've always wanted to pursue this path or has it come out of necessity? Where did you get the confidence to do this or did it come out of necessity and this is like the fruits of your labor kind of thing? 
it's really just taking one step at a time. I never had it in my mind to ever even go to uni, let alone become a lawyer, let alone become a law firm owner. That kind of all unfolded. I've definitely been someone who's got more of an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, before I was in the law firm, I started all kinds of different little businesses along the way myself. And so I've loved creating things. I haven't necessarily been great with following through with everything in the past. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, and I think like the confidence piece just comes from actually doing, seeing a result because you put action in, in place and then moving forward. We all make mistakes and not everything is perfect. So it's actually then working through those things and not giving up because you have a setback because we all have setbacks and we can either learn from those setbacks and learn how we can do things differently or we can let those things stop us and think, oh, and that's what I find working with law firm owners. They can feel burnt by different things that happen, whether it's the first employee that they got and it didn't work out or whatever it might be. And then they don't move forward because they feel like it's a setback and then it puts them off. Yeah, I think for me, the setbacks have really been the things that have also propelled me forward more because everything's fixable and you can work anything out. You've just got to find the way that works for you best. What are the best parts of working for yourself and also the hardest? With the hardest, it depends on what stage you're at. But learning to be a leader and learning to deal with team and things like that is definitely a challenge. And seeing yourself as that person as well, because you don't necessarily see yourself as that person when you're employing one or two people or three people. And then as you grow, you have to step up into that role and see yourself as a leader and that people are relying on you to make decisions, to have good communication, to have those tough conversations. That's probably one of the most challenging things. And as each stage, as you grow, it's like you get growing pains and then working through those growing pains while you're growing, there's always something. So one of my challenges is that I'm now growing leaders in my business. So not only do I have to see myself as a leader and step up into that leadership role, but then I have to train others and teach others how to be leaders as well, because you can only lead and manage so many people yourself. That's a big challenge for me at the moment. And really, if I'd clicked on to the fact that I was a leader earlier, I probably could have got further ahead than where I am. And the great things about being in your own business, if you can get your business working so that it's working for you rather than you working for it, then you have a lot more freedom. So you're able to go away a lot more on holidays or do what you like. You're able to start another business if that's what you want to do or have more time with your kids or whatever it might be. And the reality is, I think most people start their businesses because they want more freedom. Yeah, They want to create a life for themselves where they can make their own rules up and be their own boss. But what happens is that a lot of people get so bogged down in doing client work and running a business and trying to lead a team and do all of these things that they actually create a job where they're earning 10 bucks an hour rather than what they should be doing is having a job where they can be earning $3,000 an hour. And that's the exciting thing about being in business is that you can create that. What have you done along the way to transition and like get that confidence to go from like the support to like the leader? Like, have you had mentors around you or have you done leadership training or? 
figured it out along the way. A bit of that, but I have had lots of different coaching and right from even when I was 20, when I was in that first business with husband number one, I was, you know, 21 and we had an action coach, which is, was a Brad Sugar's business that where he had these action coaches that you'd employ to help you accelerate your business. So we started a business when I was 21 or 22 and we had an action coach and that was huge because I was so young and got that sort of training early. And then from there, since I've been in the law practice, I've had all kinds of coaches, whether it's voice coaching, business coaching, leadership coaching, anything that I need for a small amount of learning something like Facebook ads. I've done coaching for all sorts of things. And I think that spending the money on that coaches, mentors is an excellent way to grow because you don't know what you don't know. But when we employ these other people in our lives to teach us, and we're not taught how to do that in life in general or at law school or Mm. whatever the case might be. I think that's so good because I feel like you, well, I know I feel like you just, you're like, I'll just figure it out. Or everyone else seems to know how to do it, but it's like refreshing to have a perspective. It's like, no, get the experts to teach you. And then no one else knows how to do it. Everyone's figuring it out. Like yesterday, I did a coaching call with one of the Scalable Business Lounge people. It was a one-on-one coaching call. And this person's been in business for a really long time and just needed some advice about something that like a juncture. And that's exactly what she said. We're not taught any of this stuff. And it looks like everyone else knows what they're doing, but I don't know what I'm doing. But it's not true. No one knows really what they're doing. And we're all learning as we go because the next level we get to in life, no matter what it is, we're learning. And it's exactly the same as going through law school, right? You're learning as you go and then you become a lawyer and then you realize you know nothing. And then you learn as you go on the job as well. And then you decide to open a firm because you think, well, that looks easy. And my boss looks like they're having a wonderful time and lots of freedom. And I want that too. And then you learn on the job on how to be a law firm owner and then how to be a leader. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have any advice for others who want to travel in the same shoes as you? The main thing is work out who you want to help. And it's really important that you have a passion for helping those people. Mm. And for me, both of the businesses is helping me 10 years ago or five years ago. I wanted to be a family lawyer because when I was going through that myself, if I had had someone talk to me about next steps and costs and things like that, because I did go and see a lawyer, she didn't talk to me about any of those things. I didn't know how to move forward. So I set up my family law firm in a way that helps that person, which was me like six years beforehand or seven years beforehand. And then I've set up my new business, the Scalable Business Lounge, to help me, which again was the six or seven year ago me who was in a law firm floundering around with no one to call to say, what would you do here? Or what do you think of this? Or how do I do that? So I think having a passion for a person, a particular person to help. And it might not be the case like it is with me, where it was old me. It might be a different passion for a different audience type, but know who the audience is and then start serving them at much in the way that you are with this podcast and just go for it and put stuff out there. And you've got to do it a little bit fearlessly 
feel the sphere, but just do it anyway. And then you'll then know whether you're going in the right direction or not. That's a beautiful note to end on. Thank you, Carly. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. How fascinating is Carly's story? I just love that even though you might see someone on social media, she's got a gorgeous family, the gorgeous dogs, the gorgeous houses, the gorgeous life. You just never ever know really what someone's backstory is and how they got there and all the blood, sweat, tears and hard work that goes into achieving those successes. I particularly loved what Carly said about the importance of investing in professional development and personal development and having coaches and mentors to help you on your way. She's a woman after my own heart because I'm a big believer that professional development and investment in yourself is never ever wasted. I'm investing in myself a lot at the moment as I grow Rose Tinted Law and I think this is the ideal opportunity to share some exciting news with you. I am now offering career coaching for early career legal professionals. I offer one-on-one career coaching and also group mentoring programs. Across four sessions, we will work together to work out a 12-month professional development plan that's going to help you reach your unique goals. If this is something that would be relevant to you and help you on your way, please message me on LinkedIn or Instagram. I'd love to hear from you. If not, please follow me on socials. You know where I am. Have a great week. I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you.